Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist about dating, culture, sex, and relationships in the modern world today. Ooh, we're getting controversial today. We are going to discuss which gender actually is more emotional. So uh, we'll see which of us gets more emotional in this podcast. And I have no doubt this is going to be a spicy one. So we'll get to that at the three-minute mark. Before then, we're going to talk about some sponsors and some announcements. So you can skip through, but it helps us out a lot if you listen. Uh, we are sponsored by Comedy Untamed. I hear the uh, manager slash owner of this uh, artistic endeavor is a great guy. And basically, Comedy Untamed has weekly comedy shows in Sydney and Melbourne and monthly comedy shows in Newcastle. So if you're looking for a buffet of some of the best up-and-coming and controversial comedians in Australia, come to Comedy Untamed. We also have a second half with some great improv, and it gets very loose and fun and wild. So go to ComedyUntamed.com, get your tickets, only $25 plus a booking fee. Uh, we're also sponsored by Crush Organics. You want some CBD oil? You want to relax? You want to calm that nervous system? Get yourself some of their platinum or diamond oil. Go to crushorganics.com. That's crush with a K. Use the code Neil, N-E-E-L. That's my name. And you'll get 40% off. They've also got gummies, pain cream. That'll relax all your joints and your muscles. So go to crushorganics.com. And of course, if you've never used CBD oil before, start off with a very, very small amount, one or two drops. Uh, The sponsorship situation is going to change at the end of February. Uh, we will be moving away from sponsors, uh, sorry, from subscriptions to one-off costs. So if you want to uh, send in a question or a topic, if, you're, if you've been subscribed for more than a year, send that in. And then eventually, if you want to ask us a question, give us a topic, give us a shout out, there will be uh, a different method to do that at the end of February, and it will just be a one-off cost. So get in before then uh, otherwise check out all the stuff i've got on my youtube channel follow eliza on instagram eliza joy wilson follow me on all the socials if you don't already and we've got 20 seconds before we get to the uh meat of this uh very controversial spicy podcast <laughs> spicy. it's gonna be spicy it oh 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 let's go All right. Men or women, who's more emotional? Straight off the bat, who do you reckon? Oh, shit. Um, I'm going to say I can't decide. You know what I think? What I think, do you think? I think the average woman is more emotional than the average man, but uh, a man who I think it's men. isn't put together is the most emotional person you'll ever meet in your life. A man who wants to fight anyone who looks at him the wrong way is the most emotional person you'll ever meet in your life. And a man who uh, sees everything as a personal attack and gets angry because anger is an emotion. That's a, that's, that's a highly emotional being. And uh, I think uh, on the extreme ends, it's, uh, it's men either way. It's uh, the least emotional people are probably men, but the most mm. emotional people are probably men. That's a, uh, that's my general theory based on nothing but my observation. <laughs> what do you think of that? 
I think you're right, to be honest. Uh, I think I couldn't, I did a lot of research into this actually, and I couldn't find a definite answer or even come to a conclusion for myself. Um, when I say I did a lot of research, I didn't do a lot, a lot. Um, I did a bit of research and I read a few studies. Um, so I, I don't have a, and even though I studied sexology and gender studies, I still don't have um, an answer. And like you said, in some ways men are, in some ways women are. And what I'm kind of see is that we almost experience emotions in on the same level, but we interpret um, them very differently and we respond to them differently and we exhibit them very differently. So I I I kind of was trying to trying to start right from the very beginning for babies actually, um, and I did find in basically all research it was showing that baby boys um, are more emotional than baby girls, and that they are more likely to exhibit happiness, but yet also more likely to be fussy than baby girls. And in another study that was done by kindergarten teachers. And parents, they found that they all voted that baby or the boys and children um, were more likely to show signs of depression and separation anxiety than girls um, in at the kindergarten age, which is five, six in Isn't Australia. That interesting. So, yeah. Well, from the the books I've read on uh, the male brain. Um, yeah. There's a book specifically called The Male Brain and uh, there's a book called Testosterone. Uh, testosterone, which is produced more by biological males, masculinizes the brain and allows men such as myself to systematize and compartmentalize and objectify uh, things and other people more than women would due to their hormonal makeup. And that doesn't necessarily mean you're less emotional but it narrows the breadth of the possible emotions that you experience. So quite often, most emotions just manifest in some variation of anger for men, particularly men who are yeah. higher in testosterone. I mean, the stereotype roid rage is uh, when your body is just overproducing testosterone to the point that you know, you're compelled to just have this abundance of energy that can come at a very uh, inconvenient time for you. And so men, I don't think it would be controversial to say that men in general don't experience the uh, variety and the, the depth and the breadth of emotions that women do, but in terms of just pure emotionality and uh, being in a heightened emotional state, I think there are uh, plenty of men who uh, exhibit an unhealthy and excessive amount of anger and anger is very loose uh, very loosely linked to passion and passion can be a very good thing in fact passion is uh, quite a positive quality for most people and if you're passionate about someone and if you're passionate about something that's meaningful it can be very beneficial to yourself and and society but passion is an emotion and um, it's closely linked to anger uh, if you can transmute anger into passion so for example if you're just angry at the world but then you sort of transmute that into a passion for whatever it may be working out or bettering yourself or you name it something constructive uh that's a very uh beneficial use of that emotion but it doesn't it doesn't absolve you from the fact that emotions 
are very uh, significant in your general being there. You're still an emotional person if you're a passionate person, if you're an angry person. And I think a lot of men just mm-hmm. think emotion is just crying when anger mm-hmm. is also emotion. And there are, we can definitely say that men are the angrier sex in general. I don't think that, I mean, I mm-hmm. look, again, I haven't done much uh, specific study on this other than the, the books on uh, male, female psychology and, and hormones that I've read. Uh, but uh, mm. I don't think it would be controversial to say, based on everyone's observations, men are definitely the more angrier gender, generally speaking. Yeah. But uh, that, one last thing I'll s- of, um, Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry, you go. No, you go. No, you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say that was what um, inspired me to think of this topic is I saw um, um, a TikTok of this girl going around and interviewing all these boys saying, who's more emotional, men or women? And every man said, women are. And then she'd be like, name one female mass shooter. And no one could. And I was like, it's a lot more nuanced than that. And there's a lot more to it. And, you know, rage is, of course, an emotion and things like that. But anyway, that was the kind of point where I was like, this is this is interesting. At least what was interesting to me is that every single man, maybe it was the way it was edited, but every single man was like women, hands down. So I'd be keen to unpack that. But, yeah, continue. Yeah, I think uh, the, the like I just said, the breadth and the the depth of emotions experienced by women is more than men. But I just I'm I'm sort of judging this based on how much are you weigh for how how much do you uh, move away from a state of emotional neutrality? And I don't think that there's any uh, anything that suggests men are less likely to be more emotionally neutral. Uh, they they experience less overall emotions than women, but uh, they experience anger a lot, and that is an emotion, and hence that that's them being emotional. And you know, you, I don't know if you finished hormonal yet, but the um, menstrual cycle of women does, you know, it's a it's a sexist trope to say, oh, women are on their periods or whatever. But look, the home the the changes in hormones that women do experience. Uh, definitely affects their their mood and their emotions, but I'm sure you can uh, attest much more to that than I can. So, uh, how about you tell? How about you go into that a little bit? How about um, we talk about the different uh, hormonal experiences men and women go through and how that may affect their overall level of emotions? For sure. Well, women have um, you know a, a cycle that goes. 28 days to 30 something days and within those cycles there's four periods of um individual different cycles and depending what cycle you're in can like greatly greatly influence the way you look the way you dress the way you interact for example when you're ovulating you dress sexier you feel prettier you're more attractive and you're more attracted to others you're more humorous Um, and other phases you want to kind of withdraw and recuperate and spend time um, not doing vigorous exercise and things like that Um, but you know I do think that although you can be there are certain things that can make you more um, on edge like right before your period comes um, PMS, which means premenstrual stress, your hormones are really, really like dysregulated. Um, 
And But what is interesting about that is that when your hormones are dysregulated and you are more emotional, what is happening? I'm pretty sure, if I'm, I'm pulling this from my memory, but I'm pretty sure what is actually happening is your testosterone levels are rising, which is the hormone that is driving men. <laughs> so it is interesting to say when women become emotional um, before on their periods, well, actually they're becoming emotional when they're getting surged with the hormones that men run off. Um, and so for a male cycle, obviously it's a, it's usually a 24 hour cycle where they peak testosterone early in the mornings and it teeters off during the day. And then in the afternoons, that's when they like to socialize more and all these things. But I don't think that hormones have the greatest influence on, um, on emotions and things like that. Like it's, well, maybe it does. I mean, I can only speak okay. from my personal experience, but it, and science does say, obviously, yes, <laughs> you can be okay. more sensitive and yes, you can be more irritable and things like that. Um, but so can men without the reason of hormones. So I don't know. I, I feel like conflicted saying that because I know that that's used – I guess I'm being, I'm, I think that I'm kind of dancing over the topic and feeling awkward about it because I know it's weaponized against women so much with their hormonal cycles to mm. be like, this is why women can't lead and this is why um, women are more emotional. It's always the argument about their their cycles. So, um, and I specifically didn't actually research it that much because I, <laughs> I didn't want to deep dive into it. So, but that's just obviously I've got my own personal bias for it. Of course. And that book in particular sort of framed it in a way that this is hormonal intelligence. This is not an inability to mm. be rational. This is in fact uh, mm. complex cues from uh, an evolutionary structure that has developed over millions of years telling you certain things about the world or the person that you may be interacting with. And I, I just, we all know there are uh, men in, 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 uh, you know, seemingly rational, high status positions who will make judgments based on uh, mostly anger and frustration. Uh, there's, there was a study I read that, you know, judges, if they haven't eaten, are more likely to give a longer sentence. So that seems pretty emotional to me. I don't think that's uh, some kind of stoic, consistent, uh, perfect... Uh, impression of the law that you're sending out there so yeah i i it's a it's obviously a very simple question with a extremely complex answer uh and i think it differs from person to person um but because women are, are likely to experience more kinds of emotion i don't think that's the same as them being more emotional and women are higher in empathy and that happens from even as a baby uh women uh, female babies will try to mimic the faces of uh the person holding them mm. uh and you know male babies you can probably again attest to this a lot more than i can but uh far more interested in just uh looking at objects and figuring because mm -hmm. that's what the that testosterone does to the mm -hmm. male brain it want, it makes you want to figure things out and learn information and gather resources and eventually go to war and obtain as much status as you can there's a thing called the challenge hypothesis which is that 
<clears throat> testosterone doesn't always necessarily make you more dominant or ferocious or uh, even vigorous or virile. It just uh, allows you to, it just compels you to maximize your status in any given context. So whatever situation you find yourself in, you're trying to maximize your status. And if that requires some form of a, you know, harnessing of emotion, then that doesn't suggest that to me doesn't necessarily suggest that you're being less emotional. It just means that in a given situation, you might need to um, call on some of that anger or, or passion and use it to fight or to build something or to get through uh, a laborious task. And yeah, I think the, mm. yeah, the stereotype is definitely women are more emotional. And like I said at the start, I agree, women definitely experience a larger range of emotions. But I don't, that's not how I define emotional. I would define emotional as just, uh, you know, not being in a state of emotional neutrality. And I, I, and this is anecdotal, but I, I, don't perceive men to uh, be in a lesser state of emotional neutrality than women. And again, I'm in the arts, so there's a bunch of very emotional men. <laughs> but in <laughs> fact, I think the men in the arts are more emotional than the women. But uh, just generally my observations, I don't, I don't necessarily, um, I don't agree with the sentiment that, uh, yeah, women are more emotional than men. I would just say that women experience a greater range of emotions than men. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't find anything that really said that um, if they experience a greater range, but they definitely exhibit a greater range of emotional That's fair. Um, emotions. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with um, for me, in my personal opinion, this is not, you know, a scientific-based research opinion, I think that women are more emotionally intelligent and more in touch with their emotions. And a really interesting study that kind of backs this is um, – a study was done where they put all these um, men and women separately, individually, um, were showing a lot of clips that were purposely uh, selected in order to elicit a certain emotion. So joy, sadness, anger, etc. Um, and what they found, and this was, um, this was measured physiologically, so through heart rate, perspiration, all these th kind of things. And what's interesting about this study compared to other studies based on emotions with, within gender is that this is one of the few studies that actually doesn't just go off what a woman or man says about their emotional experience. It shows their physiological reaction. So they were all showing the same clips. Um, and what they found is that men had either an equal to or more of a physiological reaction to these clips than women did. Um, so more distress, more raised heart rates, more sweat, etc. However, upon the interview and reflection afterwards, they were less significantly less likely to identify that they had any emotional experience during that. So then you think about other studies where they say, like, how many emotions do you experience in a range of day? they're not going to be accurate considering that men in this massive right. study weren't actually identifying their own emotions. And one of the things I learned as well about 
when I was looking at babies, like how early does this start? And everything was saying boys are more emotional, boys are more emotional. However, around the age of two, when language starts developing, all these studies were done that girls would express verbally what they were going on um, or what was going on for them or how they were feeling, whereas boys did not express verbally and would usually output in like, you know, throwing their toys or a tantrum or something like that. Um, So a lot of that comes down to language and language development as well, which is really interesting um, to me. And when when you were talking about the, you know, the the CEOs and things like that, I did study – read and this was ages ago we did a podcast on I think it was like I don't know women earning more than men or something like that women leaders I can't remember um but one of the things that came across is that women CEOs um or leaders when it comes to decision making because I was looking at why are less women CEOs aside from family etc and they were saying that women do experience or state to experience more emotions and in their decisions in terms of they feel guilt about firing hundreds of people or they might feel shame or they might feel more emotions than men will be like this is business baby like showbiz (laughs) come on let's get on it however Mm. the findings of that study was that they act the man and the women in these leadership positions more often than not actually made the same business outcomes and the same final decisions. Women just recognized more that they felt shame or they felt uncomfortable or they felt guilty or whatever. Um, whereas men were like, nope, that's just what we do. So I think that's a, it's a really interesting thing that not a lot of people actually um, know is that perhaps we do experience the same range and the same level, or as that study showed, men experience the same plus more. However, they just don't um, they just don't acknowledge or recognize it in themselves or they interpret their emotions differently. So is there a deficit in the way that men can interpret their own emotions and understand and connect to that, um, to what it is? And is that a biological phenomena or is it a cultural phenomena that we're taught to? Because obviously we talk about the rage and the anger a lot and that that is a very strong emotion that men experience. However, I think that a lot of that is led because of, you know, that is what is culturally accepted amongst um, men. And I found this really interesting guy and he did a, he's, uh, he did a PhD on boys, uh, teenage boys and their emotions. So he studied this for years and he was saying that, what he found, and we spoke in previous um, podcasts like ages ago about, you know, when a, a guy opens up to a girl and then the girl rejects him or shuts him down and says it's emasculate and then he never opens up again. So this guy was kind of studying those kind of things as well. However, they found that, the and his purpose was why do teenage boys or why do men not open up and does this start in adolescence? And a lot of it either came from two things. One, it was their parents mums telling them boys don't cry be brave blah 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 or dad modeling that saying don't be wimpy etc or dad modeling a lack of you know expressing his emotions and the second biggest thing was actually amongst the shame that they got amongst their peers so one example was um a, a boy told this um this guy that studied it that he 
was telling his friends that another friend of his had, I think he died in a car crash. And as he was telling, I don't know if he died or his friend was in a car crash. And as he was telling the story, he teared up a little bit and then all his friends um, called him a pussy. <laughs> so he was saying, you know, this is very peer related. And what these this guy studied was that it it comes from your peers, but also that men in particular and boys are very able to pinpoint the exact moment they decided I will not be sharing my emotions and, and talking about it. Whereas compared to women, they often find that they can't pinpoint it if they are, they're less inclined to be like that. But if they are inclined to be like that, like resistant to sharing emotions, it's hard for them to pinpoint that memory compared to boys. So I thought that was a really interesting little aspect there. It's really interesting. I think uh, from what I've read about evolutionary psychology and evolutionary biology, women are more in touch with their uh, the right side of their brain because they're more yeah. susceptible to predators uh, out in the wild yeah. and they are much more vulnerable especially if they're pregnant and as a result they need to be much more attuned to threats and so they need to ha uh, have much more sensitivity to their stress responses and essentially to their em emotions in that regard that doesn't like mm -hmm. you said that doesn't necessarily mean the men are not experiencing those same emotions of stress but in ha in being more in touch or, or i suppose prioritizing the uh left side of your brain which is what a lot of men will uh, or a masculine kind of brain will do it just means you override those emotions and this yeah. had a evolutionary benefit because if a man was hunting or something like that and felt scared he could override that and say well i need to still kill this lion or whatever it may have been and that still manifests today with maybe what you said in that ceo study where uh the woman is just more in touch with her uh, right hemisphere and thus can sort of uh, comprehend those emotions and, and, and feel them more, uh, whereas the man might not necessarily be that he suppresses them, but that his the left side of his, his brain just sort of steers the ship and he's still feeling and experiencing those emotions, but they're then you know, being transmuted into something that he perceives to be a, a rational or, a, you know, a decision above emotion. And I, I think a lot of men who subscribe to this uh, modern uh, ideology of I'm choosing facts over feelings are actually emotionally attracted to the identity of being notably stoic when, in fact, it's still a nervous system response and an identity response and then an ego defense mechanism that kicks into gear mm. Mm -hmm. when they're uh, uh, been made privy to these sorts of, uh, you know, just uh, simplistic uh, uh, ideas about facts over feelings or whatever it may be. And um, I wonder if that uh, plays a role with uh, the way we self-report on emotions and also the way that they manifest more visibly with women, but the actual experiencing of those emotions are consistent or maybe potentially even more among men. And the language is really interesting there because I immediately thought, well, women were often in, in hunter-gatherer situations, the social glue of a community and thus had to evolve better language detection and language development skills. Mm -hmm. And you know, even today, women are just far more interested in subjects like English and, and literature 
and men are far more interested in things like engineering and object style learning and being able to have that uh you know extensive skill of uh language development and 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 just a greater capacity to uh link words with the particular sensations you may be experiencing uh that might also hint at the idea that women are more emotional per se because they have a maybe just a wider nomenclature that they often will express but it's again not necessarily that men aren't experiencing those same emotions they're just uh either the the part of their brain that's um responsible for analytical and detail-oriented thinking overtakes the part of their brain that responds more to their nervous system um and i found that very uh i've I've been finding that very interesting just the way that our brain interacts with our nervous system and how our nervous system encodes various stress responses to essentially protect us and uh those uh responses often manifest as fear or uh on the opposite end of the spectrum joy or you know sexual um attraction whatever it may be and this is all coming from a ostensibly emotional state as it's uh, just a nervous system response without a you know detailed analysis of the situation at hand does that make sense a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent and what popped into my mind thinking about um you talking about the biology of it um and there is this debate about whether men are more led by logic whereas women are more led by emotion or right brain left brain limbic brain reptilian brain you know all these things um but one study that's popped into my head that i just remembered um, about women's hormones and their, you know, the biology and their, um, the fluctuations that they have during their cycle is that men have more of an emotional fluctuation than women do in their cycle during, for example, um, a sports event. So although women's um, emotions can be influenced by internal changes and processes and cycles, men's emotions were fluctuating greatly through external events such as sport games or things that happen or road rage (laughs) and things that happen in life but as you said (laughs) it was labeled as and in this study even recognized labeled as passion or anger it's like the two words that um encapsulate men's emotions which i think is so lacking (laughs) and and another study i had read which this one's my favorite um, and it's not to talk shit on, on men, but, um, they did a study where they had men, um, complete a series of like tests on a computer and they told all these guys, you, there's someone else doing it with you. Her name is Jessica. You won't see her or anything, but, um, she's doing these tests as well. Little do they know that Jessica does not exist, but anyway, after they did the tests, fifty percent of the men were told, um, "You, you succeeded, and you beat Jessica." And she was like, "And they were all like, yeah, great, feeling happy, ecstatic, or just content, just fine.'" And then the other fifty percent of men 
were told, um, thanks for completing the test, Jessica beat you, you're on your way. And what they found is that all the men that were told they were beat by Jessica um, were experiencing a public discomfort, which is normal. That's just not a man thing. That can be an any person thing that when you find someone does better than you or someone beats you, you feel a bit uncomfortable. So that doesn't kind of draw any conclusions. But what they found is that um, from that, a lot of men experienced um, anger, knowing that they had lost to um, lost to someone or a woman. Um, and a lot of people saying, well, you know, you could lose to, they might be angry if they lost to anyone because men can be competitive. But what they did is they asked the men that were angry and the men that were not angry, but all the men that lost, they said, can you please select um, an avatar that you think represents, like that you think Jess looks like? And they had basically 12 avatars of um, the same girl However, she was dressed very differently in each avatar. And the ones that lost and were, you know, uncomfortable but okay, they selected an avatar of just her just dressed normally wearing, I don't know, like a sweater and pants. And the ones that were lost and um, were angry selected an avatar where she was wearing a bikini or basically no clothes and looking scandalous. Um, so they found the well the conclusion was, and this isn't, you know, a definite conclusion, but the the researchers assumed that it was men that became angry at this were looking at a way to regain their power um, and would therefore kind of diminish her logic by making her out to be like slutty or something or wearing something scandalous. Um, but yet they can't, they couldn't recognize within themselves that they had had that, you know, emotional response other than anger. That was the one thing that they can recognize very easily within themselves, but maybe it was shame. Maybe it was guilt. Maybe it was embarrassment, but, or anything, but um, it's to them, the language they have for that is just anger. (laughs) That is very interesting isn't it? Because I guess uh, I am hearing that. And I think if I were in a situation where I was angry at losing to someone and I wanted to uh, gain power over them, I wouldn't ever do this now. But if I I know what I would have been like, and I would have made them out, I wouldn't have made them out to be scantily clad and attractive. That would be the opposite of what I would have done. I would have made them out to be as hideous as possible. Um, and so I wonder or like if like a super nerd or something. Yeah. So I I I, I wonder if a, a a different and you know an alternate conclusion could be that uh, men are intimidated by women who outperform them, and as a result, they link the intimidation with uh, you know a sexual attraction, and so those sorts of those that link happened you know in a very split in a split second in their brain and they thought well i am also angry because maybe this woman is sort of out of my grasp if you will like i'm i'm too inferior to uh y- y- be on the same playing field as a woman who has beaten me at a, this computer game and as a result how, what do i link that with a woman is too beautiful for me and i i wonder if that could be a possibility as well but um yeah, that is that is interesting isn't it and you know, uh, I, I, I wonder if it is that uh, a, a sort of educational process is lacking for men or if it is just a, a biological phenomenon that they will sort of 
man, their emotions will generally tend to manifest more so uh, through the lens of ang anger, passion. And, and if that is sort of an evolved response to compel them to go and hunt and to go and fight off the other tribe and to go and um, do whatever needs to be done to obtain resources. Because I, I wonder if um, in, in the hunter-gatherer times, if there was a tribe of men who, I guess, uh, exhibited emotions in the way that we usually associate with females, uh, but then there was a tribe of men who exhibit emotions in the way we, you know, currently associate with men it it does seem like that other tribe would take over the uh, more emotional tribe mm -hmm. and would sort of win out and we still do live in this kind of loosely darwinian world where anger can be a effective evolutionary strategy if we're taking away our current construction of human rights and basic ethics uh an angrier, bigger man will always be able to beat a, you know, smaller, more emotional man in brute combat. And mm. um, unconsciously, I wonder if every man sort of understands that to a certain degree and is thus more guarded with their emotions. And uh, alternatively, there's that uh, idea that the, you know, the runt of the litter kind of uh, notion where, you know, men will call other men pussies or you question their masculinity because it's embedded into us to keep the tribe as strong as possible. And if we see that someone is uh, uh, giving into their emotional state and wanting to uh, forego their, um, uh, you know, masculine inclinations, then that brings the whole tribe down. If say there's a hunting party and, and the climate is extensively cold and we all have to push through that and get to the wolves or whatever it may have been. If there's one guy who's saying, this is too much. I'm hurt. I feel sad. I'm missing the, you know, the the rest of the tribe at home. It's potentially so uh, beneficial. It has been so beneficial over time, and thus even encoded into our DNA that we have to then say, no, don't be, don't become the runt of the litter. Come with us, and let's finish this off. Um, but then there's the age-old question of like, okay, how much of this is culture? How much of this could be? biology i i have no doubt that it would be a combination of both i just wonder to which degree uh it yeah. is either uh this is a tell me what you think about um this right i was watching and this is just a youtube video essay so uh can't yeah. uh you know ascertain how uh scientifically truthful it may be but there's a i think he's drawing on sort of experts though um there's this hypothesis that Human females have a, sort of a, a very visible menstruation uh, compared to other animals, right? You don't often yeah. know if other animals are ovulating or uh, menstruating. And with humans, at least, you, well, we have hidden ovulation. Uh, so you don't, it's not visible. I mean, unless, of course, you're, you're attuned to if she's wearing revealing clothing or what whatnot. But yeah. um, it's very obvious when a woman is uh, menstruating, right? And mm -hmm. so... This evolved as a way for, one, men to be more cognizant of time and organize. And so uh, she's losing iron, right? And so organize their hunting around a time period so that they can maximize the iron intake of the women in their tribe. Because the other thing is like they'll all, like women will sync their periods when they're together, like even yeah. if they're living together, right? 
And so this evolved so that the hunters in the tribe can um, understand the concept of time better than other animals and organize their hunting parties so that they can maximize the uh, ability for the women in that tribe to take in as much iron as possible in a given amount of time. And it also evolved as a way for uh, women to be more introspective because they're going through these fluctuating uh, internal hormonal states and and thus it, it sort of helped evolve consciousness in that we're able to think inwards and think more about how we're feeling and what we're thinking about while we're feeling this way. Uh, and I, th- I thought that was just fascinating. And yeah. I was watching it with my girlfriend and she was just, uh, you know, shocked by it as well. And the last thing I'll say based on that ex- experiment you were talking about is like, look, I experienced this as well. I find it more, I, I don't think I'm, I get uh, upset or frustrated if I lose to a woman, but I sometimes find it a bit more uncomfortable to compete with women than I do with men. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I just find whether this is a, like a biological thing or a, a thing that I've been acclimatized to because of culture. I don't, you know, I don't like getting in a uh, verbal sparring match with a with a woman. Whereas I'm more likely to do it yeah. with a man if I feel like it's necessary. I don't like trying to outcompete uh, a woman. Uh, yeah even if it's in my kind of industry, uh, whereas I'm just more inclined to do it if I'm, uh, you know, competing with a man and I don't know if that's cultural or uh, innately biological in that, you know, we're, we're, we're wired to want to protect and um, take care of the women in our tribe and the bastardized version of that is obviously controlling. Uh, but, yeah, I can definitely attest to that personally. I, I do find it more uncomfortable to compete with uh and then and then sometimes if i'm actually doing physical things you know in my um taekwondo gym occasionally i'm sparring with a woman and then i even if these are women who are like black belts and really good i i find myself going easier um and i'm trying to actually force myself to not (laughs) but Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I wonder if other men can relate to that or whether that's just me, but I definitely have noticed that about myself. I think that's a, that's very, very common. I think it's both. Um, and I also think it's, you know, having an, an understanding of the, the disadvantages of women. It does like, it sits in the back of your mind. Like men will like, I'll punch a guy if he does this, but I wouldn't punch a woman <laughs> because it's, it's unfair. It's unequal. It's I'm stronger. And which in most cases they are literally. Um, so yeah, I think it's, I think that's really, really common. Um, except in the case of my work where the men, um, bash the women <laughs> and, and sorry, it's not funny. Um, and they don't give two shits though. Um, about that, those kind of things. I don't think about that. So it is interesting. And you know what I found out recently, and I, I can't say I've looked into this too much. So I may be incorrectly stating here, but I did start reading that they've found recently that 30 to 50% of hunters in a hunter gathering community, or they now believe to actually be women because they found all these bodies across multiple countries or whatever recently that were dug up and they were actually female with hunting gears. And then all these, since this has kind of come out into like mainstream media, all these female archaeologists have been saying, 
yeah, man, I've been telling you this for 20, 50 years and yet no one ever recognizes that 30 to 50% of people that were hunters were actually women as well. And does that change our entire understanding of evolutionary psychology um, as well? So it's, that's just a little interesting so there you go. Yeah. side note. Yeah. So who, who knows? Um, but I did forget to say when I was talking about that study where they showed um, videos that elicit emotions, um, one thing that is important to recognize, you know, there's happy emotions and sad emotions. It's not just, I keep thinking of emotions as, you know, negative emotions um, and who's, who's more, um, more likely to go off the handle or whatever, or, or cry. And studies do state that women actually do have more of a negative um, mm. response, especially to things of like, uh, body mutilation or animal cruelty, they're much more likely to show immediate fear and disgust or like, you know, unhappiness yeah. around that than men. And in the same sense, men also experience happiness when um, when viewing or observing certain material like ha- like comedy they experience that more so than women. Um, that's not to say one gender is, you know, um, happier than the other or unhappier. It's just, it could be what is um, more comfortable expressing, but it also could think, I think a big, you know, thing to consider is, which I haven't found any research on is sensitivities. Like women are going to be, according to research, more sensitive to seeing um, dead bodies and animals and things like that compared to men. Why do men hunt more as a sport than women? Although I do know a lot of women that do um, still hunt, of course, but it is more male dominated and there is less like to me, I'm literally vegan because I'm like, well, I couldn't kill a chicken. So I feel hypocritical eating one. So I'm not going to eat it. Um, And other men I know were like, well, if I needed to kill a chicken, I'd kill a chicken and, you know, respect to them, whatever. Um, So I think that that's an interesting little um study as well but as well as that that kind of came off that was that women had an immediate reaction was what these studies found where and they could recognize they had the emotion and it was a bit like maybe of a higher level being like oh that's disgusting get that off the screen or whatever uh, but then they could process it faster so there's another little factor there is about processing emotions um so mm. they got over that whereas um men had a lesser reaction to these things, if any. Um, However, we're still thinking about it later on. And this is just a very niche example, which I've brought up before. When I talk about, I talk about my work quite a bit amongst my peers and um, my friends. And I told, you know, I tell the girls about this story that happened with this boy I'm working with. And they'd all be like, oh my God, that's so sad. That's horrific. How could they? That's disgusting. Like blah, blah, blah. We talk it through. Then we get over it and we're talking about something else. What did you do on the weekend? Who's this? Whatever. And then I remember I told a guy once and he didn't really react. He's like, oh, that's fucked. And then um, then we went on and did our thing. And then four weeks later, he messaged me being like, I cannot stop thinking about that story of that boy. Like, I literally think about it all day. Like, I can't get it out of my head. I feel sick. Like, it's giving me, like, true anxiety. And I just thought, isn't that funny? Because we didn't really unpack it. We didn't really talk about it that much. I just mentioned this is what happened today. And he was like, whoa. And that mm. was it. So that's a very personal anecdote. But still, it's interesting. I think it rings true. Uh, with my experience as well, I think a lo- in in a lot of cases, particularly what we talk about with breakups, right? W- women's emotions can be 
heightened yeah. but ephemeral, whereas the male emotional response to that can be far more prolonged. And mm-hmm. that that yeah. I, again, you, we don't know if that's um, I, I don't know if that could be biological or cultural. Nothing really, no cues or clues yeah. in there that hint either way. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, and also we talk about how you know rates of anxiety and depression oh, yeah, in Australia can be more common in boys and men, but that that actually varies greatly amongst different countries and cultures. So it, that's a very you know it's, it's although it's very um, minuscule the changes in Australia. In um, other cultures, it it can vary greatly just depending on the country, which gender experiences more anxiety, more depression. And, you know, women um, overall tend to have more neuroticism and that's been studied a lot. Mm. But men have a lot more rage. Um, So whether one gender is (laughs) more emotional, it's just which emotion we're talking. (laughs) Really, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, men tra- tend to externalize that uh, frustration mm. and rage, whereas women mm. internalize it. And yeah. the higher disgust sensitivity makes perfect sense. Again, what you know, you, yeah. women are far more vulnerable, uh, just purely biologically speaking. And then also, especially if a woman is pregnant, she has to be disgust sensitive. It makes perfect sense because yes. anything could get in there and infect the uh, the fetus, and you wouldn't want that. Yeah. And the neuroticism, yes. again, it could be uh, yeah. a, a heightened fear response because they tacitly understand that, look, I, I'm more vulnerable than than the men out here. Mm-hmm. I wonder, uh, I would be really interested to see if they compared, say, physically large, strong men compared to um, much uh, more diminutive men and and what the fear response and level of anxiety would be there because uh, though, uh, you know, small men aren't exactly, uh, it's, I'm not saying they're the same as women, <laughs> but, but uh, they're more physically vulnerable if it comes to, um, vi- you know, just just uh, male-on-male violence and robberies and, and whatever it might be in this modern age. Uh, and also probably if we're talking... Um, on the savannah as well, the the weaker, older, smaller man would be more susceptible as prey. And I wonder if that contributes to a higher degree of neuroticism and maybe even a higher degree of disgust sensitivity. I mean, we we know that, you know, I I don't think it would be a stretch to suggest that younger men and, and so younger, particularly boys, are far more uh, expressive with emotions than adult men. But again... Do it, is that because culture has told them to do that? Uh, or is it just the continued production of testosterone and just increased status and knowledge that they're uh, less at risk than when they were, you know, 15 and 50 kilos compared to when they're 30 and um, whatever, 90 kilos. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, I do wonder how much that plays into it. And also... You know, I don't think it, it, we don't need to make this a competition. I know at the yeah. start I was saying, well, yeah. this is controversial, whatever. I was just sort of <laughs> uh, 
being being cheeky about that. I I don't like, who cares yeah. who this is like when uh there was that TikTok uh uh hole I went on where people kept uh stitching each other, arguing about who has it worse, ugly men or ugly women. And I'm like, why is this a competition you want to win? <laughs> why are you trying to win? <laughs> that seems emotional that you're trying That's to win that thing. competition. I think yeah. the rational thing there would be, oh, well, it sucks for both. And, and regardless of who the winner might be in that situation, why do I need to waste energy trying to um, win this competition? So... Yeah, uh, I, I, I think in, to, in today's world, I, I still think I, I, when we talk about just the exhibiting of an emotional state, yeah. uh, the extreme ends of, would both, I, I would guess, be men uh, in that the, the, I guess the, the 10% of people who exhibit the least emotion would likely be predominantly male. But I think the 10% of people who exhibit the most em- emotion are probably these kind of you know, high testosterone but poorly socially put together men who are constantly on edge and constantly feel like they need to fight everyone because they've likely grown up in a very dangerous high-risk environment and thus their, you know, their ability to uh, uh, defend themselves comes from having a very brutish persona that eliminates and ameliorates threats before they can even become a threat. and. Uh, I I I would say that those two types of men are on the either end of the spectrum in terms of emotionality, um, and then the average woman exhibits more uh, of a definitely a range of emotion and diverse emotions and mm. heightened emotion potentially, but the uh, average man might not necessarily. Uh, exhibit those same range of emotions but they still may experience them and then whether or not culture is coming in and uh tacitly telling them to suppress it or their uh, left hemisphere just sort of overtakes and yeah. and sort of uh trumps whatever their nervous system is telling them that could yeah. also be oh, why they sure. they take longer to process uh but yeah, this is really interesting. And then there's now a, a lot of videos that I'm watching. It could just be my algorithm that are touching on these sorts of issues. And uh, it's something that I think is very interesting to a lot of people um, in in our age bracket in particular because we have all these sort of conflicting ideas about gender and, and you know, how we should act. And uh, it's a it's yeah. a time for a lot of inquiry and 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 uh and and opinions and hypotheses and it's it's interesting it's fun i like these kind of discussions yeah me too i love it i think you're right on the money there as well like another factor is what purpose does it it's just showing your emotion give to you or what is your perceived benefit to it so and i know like you know in, in the research i did they were literally saying that men can view their emotions as problematic and therefore try to distance themselves or put into practice distancing themselves from their emotions in order to not experience that and not have those problems. Um, And then that person that did that study on boys and emotions, he was looking at, well, why? Why do they not show their emotions? Why don't they open up? And his research 
this is just one person's research, um, found, and he talked to a lot of teenage boys. I don't know how many. I don't know how big the sample size was, but he found that um, the fear of judgment was a really big one. Um, they they don't want to burden other people with their emotions, and they um, perceive you know offloading emotional baggage to be a burden. And third, which I found the most interesting, was a preemptive strategy. So anyone that had experienced um, emotional trauma or loss earlier in life subconsciously try to avoid getting emotional in order to prevent that same extent of loss occurring again. And it can really hinder the way that they show um, or experience their own emotions. Whereas when you think about women and the way we socialize, and like you said, language and tribes, exhibiting our emotions is mainly, aside from when men use it to weaponize against us, it's actually mainly beneficial. We get feedback from our our women peers, we get support, we get validation, we talk about it. Um, It's accepted for us to cry in a sad movie and no one would look twice at it. Um, it's, It's very normalized for us to be able to express ourselves very open and willingly. Um, even when girls go violently batshit crazy, people, especially men, can look at that sometimes with humor and just think, oh, oh she's crazy, like it was funny or she's spicy or whatever. Mm. It's just much more normalized um, for women when they have this range of emotion to have that be accepted regardless of what the emotion is. And I do agree that they, you know, women may experience as well as, as interpret their emotions a little bit more um, than men do. And when you talked about, you know, the biology of it and, and what happened in your, in your earlier years, I'm a really, really big believer when it comes to anything, but even specifically with trauma that occurred in your childhood, that we turn out to be the people, the personalities we have now is what we would have needed when we were a child. So when you think about a child that may have been bullied or may have been, um, you know, abused, he may, as an adult, become a very violent, aggressive person who doesn't take shit from anyone because that's what he needed when he was a kid or that's what he wished he would be. Um, or you might find a woman that has been abused. She could be wanted to, She could be an over-nurturer. She's like, I will never make any child feel unloved and she might you know do go above and beyond for anyone or maybe she's someone that says i won't get close to anyone i don't trust men i don't trust this it's the same thing it's almost and i i don't think that applies you know only to trauma but it does uh especially for people with trauma yeah we become what we wish we were in a situation where we uh, felt like we were hard done by yeah yeah um what was i gonna say i was gonna say something now i just I got lost in what you were saying there, thinking about whether I've got a personality that is. <laughs> I think about it all the time. Yeah, well, it, it does yeah. make it makes perfect sense. You would, you yeah. would, um, you know, you'd want to uh, avoid whatever stress response that you have experienced, and and make certain judgments about what you need to do in order to um, ameliorate that stress response. And essentially, it's a it's a manifestation of fight or flight in the way we design our personalities uh subconsciously we we kind of are either yeah willing to be that fighter to as a as a mechanism for defense or we uh become yeah we we uh retreat and we 
surrender and we just avoid things because it's a it's a form of flight and it is interesting with the boys feeling like they're going to burden other people with their emotions because i i again i do wonder if that's biological or cultural because uh a lot of a lot of whoop, a lot of young boys will also talk about how they might have had an early girlfriend or an experience where they've uh you know shown their emotions and hasn't exactly gone well for them and mm. uh like what we talked about i think two or three podcasts ago in the you know disneyfication of love how women are still looking for these archetypes in stories where there's a you know physically formidable but will have a vulnerable side and only show it to her i wonder if there's a biological mechanism at play when a woman might get the ick or or might feel less attracted to a man who shows sort of an un, un, unfettered expression of emotion and doesn't have the ability to emotionally regulate i think there's also a distinction there there's there's a there's a difference between emotional suppression and emotional regulation and i think emotional regulation yeah. is a virtue that we should all be aiming for and emotional yeah. suppression will just manifest in very unhealthy outbursts of that emotion that you're trying to suppress and I think in a similar yes. vein, if we deny our I- innate um, proclivities uh, as as men or as as women or just as sort of mammals, if we try to suppress that to a unhealthy degree, they'll manifest in very unhealthy ways. And I think a very uh, um, advantageous and beneficial way to construct culture is uh, norms that allow us to harness what our uh, you know primal proclivities may be in something towards something constructive and for example if men do have a proclivity for aggression and competition and domination sport that's a that's almost the perfect way to mm-hmm. let that out um and you know you can find many other examples like that and um if we if we just take on this idea that everything is socially constructed i think that 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 pushes us pushes us down a very potentially even dangerous path because if a man say isn't le- allowed to ha- have that outlet for what what is essentially emotion right like what you said before passion and aggression and f- if that's suppressed it, it, it will manifest in far more pernicious and unhealthy ways and um mm-hmm. sport is that's when the, you have someone shooting up a school yeah literally yeah because all those women all those yeah. guys who shoot up a school they're they're uh you know they're they're often very socially awkward and often highly autistic and just have not had the social support structure that is, uh, you know, could have been expected for other people and they often come from a broken home and and none of this is an excuse because there's plenty of people who've been in that situation that don't shoot up a school. Um, But it's this mentality of this sort of joker mentality, this just the ultimate form mm. of resentment resentment and cynicism where this society has caused me so much pain i'm just going to going to give it all back and just cause the the utmost amount of damage and pain and destruction to a society that has done that to me and that is an a, an example of a man externalizing uh extremely heightened emotions out of he's probably experienced for a prolonged amount of time in an obviously very unhealthy and destructive way Mm. and 
Uh, the solution for those school shooter types is they needed better, particularly male role models who helped them move through that uh, confusing period of adolescence with all these uh, you know, proclivities and feelings and um, emotions and be able to harness and, and address that and, and transmute that into something constructive and for the betterment of himself and the people around him. But that didn't happen and, you know, society paid a huge cost for that. Um, and, yeah, it's really it's really dark when you think about the, mm. the school shootings, especially when it's done by kids as young as 14 and 15. They've, they've, they're really in a truly evil and dark place and it's really it's really interesting it's almost like it's so beyond the the realm of what we even consider human that we hardly can comprehend it to the point where it's actually hard to just judge it because there was that one in um texas last year where people uh people directed so much more judgment and emotion towards the police that didn't go in now look that's still pretty bad they should have gone in but No, the person who should experience the most amount of that finger-wagging and judgment and condemnation is the person who actually did that and shot up yeah. little kids. But it is interesting how we are far... It, we, I point. guess we, we see it more in the realm of normality that, hey, these police officers were, you know, they followed too much bureaucratic procedure or maybe they were cowards or maybe they just, uh, you know, it was just a procedural mismanagement. Um, and they didn't go in and, and save little kids. Uh, but really, the the our moral condemnation was was directed more to the police officers than to the actual perpetrator, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, because yeah, it's like you know, I can I can see where people thought that way because they were like, this actually could have been avoided because apparently he'd only like shot once or something like that before and the police were there before he went and fired the rest of the rounds and they didn't intervene but it's like yes it could have been intervened at that level but why um we should also hold anger to did the school not intervene on his you know social education did his parents not intervene years before that and how they raised him did you know what what was on the internet what could have interventions could have been done at any point in this life to prevent this person from committing such a terrible crime and and devastating loss um it is there's so much to it to you know to think about and unpack there and it's it's really really sad and a lot of people say you know that is actually the response to a lot of um women that i see on tiktok when they're asked like who's more um emotional men or women and i understand why women have this response because like i've mentioned a couple times women's emotions get weaponized against us so often so it is a good almost defense to be like you know women don't shoot up schools women don't commit the level of violence that men do women don't blah 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 but i agree and 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 i also find that women sometimes feel uncomfortable when they hear the concept of um like what you were just saying then that these kind of people need good male role models. Um, and people are like, well, well, no, they don't. They just need this or they need something else. It's not, it's not, that's not the be all answer, but I think it actually is. Um, I think it's so important. I think it's actually essential to have male role models for both women and men. Um, men can, can model to women what, you know, someone that is a healthy relationship could look like or what a decent, you know, 
man could be so that they don't end up in unhealthy relationships, but also how often do we as, you know, as in women, and I do this as well, often for lack of a better word, complain or observe, let's say that women often have to teach men or teach their partners how to be emotionally competent, how to communicate, how to express themselves. But what if that were done from an early age with a, a male role model? So I think it'll be really interesting. And we should talk about this actually in another podcast, like with millennials now having children, um, I do find that a lot of men like to think about you having kids and Adrian and and whatever, and and how we're raising our boys for the future and what they'll be like. And can that go too far though? As I was saying in my last podcast, I had a debate with my friend about like, are we bubble wrapping children too much? Or is this really, really essential to be having these role models, having these early interventions, having these educations from the get-go and conversations really early on, like how can you express your emotions and in a safe and, and healthy way? Yeah, um, that will be really interesting. I, like I said before, mm-hmm. I think um, proper masculinity is emotional regulation, not emotional suppression, and they're very yeah. different. And yeah. Yeah. I, I do also, I wonder how much women can expect, even if a man is sort of socialized in a, in a different kind of way, because I was talking to Ali actually on one of the podcasts when, in, in, you know, substituting for Jordan and from what I have read on these books, like, like the male brain and, and um, you know, testosterone and these sorts of things and, and thinking about those studies about how women tune their faces to the, uh, sorry, b- female babies will yeah. mold their faces to that, which what we're, that they're observing. And I wonder if uh, expecting the same level of emotional intelligence of a man is akin to expecting the same level of physical strength from a woman um, from a woman right mm. like so there's still a socialization process that can you know yeah. uh increase this either way but i i think i don't know if women can ever expect to sort of converse and communicate with a man in the in the way that they converse and communicate with their girlfriends i think men can still up their game in that regard but uh, I, I, I wonder if that's a sort of chimera where, uh, you know, we can create a society and men are just as, you know, e- on par with women in their um, interpersonal language, verbal and emotional skills. I just don't think that is possible. I think that's like saying, oh, let's try to create a society where women are equally as physically strong as men. And then, of course, there's like a 10% of women that are extremely strong yeah. and probably stronger yeah. than the average man and there's 10% of men who are extremely emotionally adept and and more so than the average woman but we're talking about you know the aggregate yeah. here and and I I do wonder if that's possible having said that I think uh well what we yeah what we've done in in sort of ridding the world of uh what was perceived as sort of tyrannical or controlling masculinity is that we've given men no roadmap at all and that there's in fact now a confusing mm. farrago of messages that they're experiencing in the social media landscape that just make them resentful and depressed and confused because mm. they just have no idea what to do and how to act and how to uh, work through the very natural biological feelings they're experiencing because I, I can't remember if it was last year but we talked about how you know trans men uh often as they're 
taking testosterone suddenly get uh, this this sort of bout of uh, understanding for for the male experience because they start to uh, sexually objectify mm-hmm. people and they always thought, oh, this is society that that tells men to objectify the opposite sex when it, a lot of it is te- testosterone where that it's it's a, it has a systemizing effect on the brain in that we can compartmentalize and see things as uh, a collection of minuscule parts rather than a holistic whole and uh i i just i really do wonder how much we're we're focusing in on this sort of social construction side of things and and implementing policies that assume the only way men the only reason men um you know if we forget about the actions themselves i think we're all in agreement there but the 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 feelings of uh maybe you know objectifying a 14-year-old girl in your high school if you're a 14-year-old boy uh that is going in, in my best estimation and from what i've read that is going to happen that's not society that is and and society might be exacerbating it but that is not a society that has taught men to see women that way it is uh, a complex set of uh evolutionary factors that have uh designed him to see women that way and and it's uncomfortable and it's not ideal for a modern society but what's healthier is um finding an outlet for that in or or like allowing him to manage that and and understand that in a in a in a better way that's uh you know beneficial for everyone around him and yeah yeah Mm. i think you know when when we're talking about to go to the what the first thing you said about like we can't expect women to expect men to communicate the way that we do but i think when women talk about having to educate their partners and this is actually what um this book i just started i've only just started it it's called um shit what's it called the tragedy of heterosexuality something like that um and a lot of it is about how women do have to carry a lot of that emotional burden Um, and the benefits to a heterosexual relationship to a woman. And I haven't formed an opinion on it, just FYI. I'm not saying I'm in greens. I haven't read it fully. But um, I think when women say, you know, we have to educate men on how to communicate, I don't think it's that we expect men to communicate in the same way. I think it's that we want our partners to not punch a wall or break break a window or or go sit in, in silence and actually understand that sometimes by talking about it, whether it be to your partner or a psychologist can be really, really helpful. And as, as simple as that sounds, there are a lot of people of men and women that don't do that. It just happens to be, it tends to more often be men. Of course, there's a lot of women that also are the same. Um, and in the same way, that's a really good point. Like, well, if we expect that, then should we expect women to meet men in certain aspects at a way that works for them physicality emotionally or whatever so it does it does swing both ways i didn't know that about the um the trans men though um because i i thought it was the opposite because i i only i haven't researched it but i always see on tiktok trans men always because i follow so many saying you know hormonally i now have the same level of testosterone as a man and yet i do not sexualize women it's cultural. That's what I hear them always say, but I haven't actually researched it. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I do hear a lot about, um, you know, um, like, yeah, basically the opposite of that. <laughs> so I don't know. That's interesting. You say, into it. 
Oh, okay. I remember, maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but there was a podcast we did, I think, either yeah. last year or the year before. Yeah. And then I get, uh, look, yeah, I, look, there's just some stuff I've read on um, Reddit or, you know, TikTok yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, fair. Look, okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Then I don't know. I never know, you know, uh, highly informed opinion on that. Um, yeah, yeah, fair. But yeah, that's, uh, when, when it comes to things like, uh, yeah, punching a wall or whatever, yeah, of course, I think that's fair <laughs> enough. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone should be uh obviously doing that that's uh yeah you mm. got you got other it, there are other underlying issues that are contributing yeah for you to react that way that's um that's pretty that's pretty bad so I do also want to add in the same sense that because I felt like that was a bit man bashing there I apologize I want to say as well to add it <laughs> just to balance it out that in terms of communication women use communication a lot as as, as manipulation as well. Um, so that could be guilt tripping and, and also emotions as well, of course. Um, and in the same sense, basically, my summary is that we need to communicate to each other on a level that is agreed upon within um, our relationships with our peers. Or, But then thinking about how do we communicate or express ourselves or our emotions at a greater level as well? How do we do that externally? How do we externalize our emotions in a way that men do not feel like they're burden burdening people or they do not feel shame or embarrassment about expressing themselves? Um, and is that needing to be a um, cultural shift or is it really just innate in our psychology, um, a biology, sorry, that 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 is the way that men are going to function and we need to, as a culture, accept that and work within that realm. So food for yeah, thought. Yeah, that's, that's the million-dollar question. Um, yeah. Although I do think the world's been catered a lot to, you know, men's testosterone and hormones like the 9 to 5 and things like that. Anyway, we'll get into another day. <laughs> yeah, there's a – yeah, we'll get we'll have to do another podcast on that. Um, we've got like a list of like 10 from this podcast I should have written them down <laughs> yeah yeah I mean they've <laughs> who's um, been catered to more that one's controversial mm, that's a very deep kind of question there because <laughs> yeah. you can find evidence complex in a complex society you can find evidence either way you can kind yeah, of say well this yeah. is why well Yes, yeah. men are doing all that, but then it's so that we can provide for, and you know, there's so many yeah. different um, yeah. interpretations of that. So, yeah, um, I think we'll finish that one there, and I hope that was informative. And I, I well, one last thing I'll add, and you can respond to this, is that yeah, what you added at the end there was important. I think there's a, a lot of guys who will be listening saying, well, you know, I've heard, and my, even my girlfriend said to express my emotions and then I did and it was used against me or I was punished yeah. for it or gave her the ick or something like that. So there is also, mm. you know, there's a, there's, I think we can, we can both as a class work on um, that, you know, understanding how the opposite communicates and, and also on an individual level, people communicate very differently. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And we haven't even gone into people that are neurodivergent, which is a whole other realm as well we're just talking about um people that are neurotypical here so that i think is a caveat we should have probably gone under like what about people that have autism um, yeah because anyway. they struggle the most with um yeah. like it's yeah. almost you can almost uh, the more i'm re i'm reading about incels <laughs> 
they're like so disproportionately autistic, it's not even funny. And you can almost then get a bit of, you know, some empathy there because yeah. they just, they can't, they can't socialize in the way that I guess a, a neurotypical man would. And as a result, just all this sort of hustle culture mentality of like, if you just do this, go to the gym, wear this, do that and learn this just doesn't work. They can't, they can't do it. And so, um, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, that could be a podcast as well. <laughs> Sorry, I keep adding things. So do you, how about let you, do, do you need it? Do you want to add anything else at the end? No, that's All right. good. let's leave it there before we spiral out into another tangent. <laughs> yeah, good point. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcasts on uh, particularly Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we will see you soon. Bye. See you next week.